We've had an awesome 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it concludes right now, today. And I want to go into one of Paul's prayers. I want to talk about authority today. Authority. The anxiety, the addictions, the storms of life, uh, they have no match when it comes to the authority of God. I want you to see it in Ephesians 1, starting at verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I have prayed over these 21 days and it's my prayer today that we would see with the eyes of our heart the authority of God. When you see with your heart, it means you experience. It means your theology becomes your reality. That this kind of authority, this incomparably great power is not just in theory, but it is something that is working in us to confront the addictions, the anxieties, the challenges, the division. I just want to say up front, the authority of God it's incomparable and it is great, which means it can do a work today that will send you out of this room differently than the way that you came. This power is described. Let's continue. It says that this power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. This authority is resurrection power. It's the authority to change the natural order of things. It means that a diagnosis, that a long-term struggle can be confronted, reversed, overruled, and changed. This kind of authority is what turns death to life and loss to gain and defeat to victory. I pray today that that authority is manifest in this room. Continuing with me to learn about this authority, the Bible says that he not only raised him, but he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. He raised him and he seated him. He seated him in a realm, the spiritual realm, and in that place and on that throne, Christ is there above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. What is he talking about? Ephesians 6, you know that the Bible is always what you need to use to understand the Bible. The Bible is its own best interpreter. So Ephesians 6 tells us that the rule and authority, the power and dominion, that, that's all the demonic forces and the power of the devil combined that is directed to defeat you and me. But Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Colossians that God has disarmed the demons, that he has disarmed the devil so that rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked has been defeated, and he did it by way of the cross. 
God gave his son. Jesus gave his life, a perfect sacrifice. The cross is complete. Now let's go to resurrection power. On Friday he died, but Sunday he rose and God exerted mighty strength to raise him and seated him far above all principality, power, might, and dominion and any and every name that is named. That means that he's in the highest place. That means he has, he has no equal. He has no match. Think about the court system. You have a district court, a circuit court, and a supreme court. Decisions made at a lower court can be overturned by the Supreme Court. You may have had a decision made over your life, something spoken over your life, a diagnosis, an an addiction that says you're never going to be free. But I want to tell you there's a higher court. It is called the authority of God. And the authority of God rules over those kind of descriptions and powers and circumstances. The authority of God cannot be overruled. The authority of God can pass down a correction and a change and and a miracle that will make everything different. That's the kind of power that we're talking about today. And I'll just remind you that he placed everything under his feet He appointed Jesus as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything and in every way. So imagine you have this spiritual bank account and deposited into that account is this authority. It is resurrection power, power to reverse and change the natural order, power to overrule. How do you make a withdrawal? The way that you and I can be empowered with this authority is to come under his authority. What has been a thread running through every message in the month of January is that we are called and saved to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Well, say a strong amen right there. That we are saved to follow Jesus. That salvation is not just the forgiveness of sins, but the transformation of our lives as we surrender to the authority, the lordship of Jesus. That if the grace message stops at just sins forgiven, but it doesn't call us to discipleship, crucifixion of the flesh, putting off the old and putting on the new, then it is not the whole message. The lordship of Jesus was not an optional extra The lordship of Jesus comes with being born again. If we'll come under authority, we can walk in authority. I'm glad you're clapping at that because that's that's where I surrender to him. That's where it's his agenda, not mine. His way over my way. His priorities over mine. That's where he sets the schedule. He sets the thought process Anything that runs contradiction, I don't ask him to change. I change. Amen? So it's not an easy message, but that's where the power gets to a reality in your life when you're walking in that submission to his authority. Now, I want to show you an illustration that Jesus gives himself. It's in Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 35. The day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. 
and a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. That's authority. One word of his authority, and it all changed. Do you see the overruling power of God? Do you see that he has no match? Let's, let's break it down. Let me do some Bible engagement and, and just let you see how the Bible is structured. The main point of this story, it's only about 150 words, is that there was a storm. It was unlike any storm. The disciples said, we're going to die. Jesus was asleep. That's kind of interesting. He's asleep in that kind of storm. They wake him up, and he has authority over wind and waves. That's the point. But did you see how it told us when they got ready to get in the boat that they took Jesus just as he was? That's a detail that matters nothing to the main point of the story. Like, you say he didn't take time to change clothes. Did you see that there were other boats? We never talk about the other boats because they're not the point. The point was there was a storm and everybody's going down and Jesus is asleep, but he gets up and with one word, it all changes. But we see that there were other boats and we know that Jesus was in the boat. That's all that matters, but he was in the stern. Did you see that he was asleep and on a cushion? Who cares? I'm driving a point here. This authority that I'm asking you to trust, you have to trust that authority because you believe that the Bible is true. And do you see Mark, the writer of this story, giving you such detail so that you know he's, he's not just talking about something that he thinks happened? This kind of detail in ancient literature is saying there's no doubt that this happened. Because when it's written about, we're given details that don't even matter that can only come from somebody who saw it, who was there. So as we start talking about the main point of the story, just know we're talking about something that's true. We are talking about something that happened. Because if you're going to take Ephesians 1 to heart, you got to believe it's true. Hey, the Bible is the inspired, the infallible word of God. God breathed this word into the writers and they articulated with detail in such a way that it lives up to the scrutiny. It lives up to all of the reasons to bring evidence. The case is closed. The Bible is the word of God. It is true. Put your heart into it. Don't just study it. Let it study you. Don't just read it. Let it read you. Don't just approach it to learn. Let it show you the difference between the thought and the intent of your heart. Let it empower you to walk in the promise of God until you use that promise in spiritual warfare to see a reversal. Come on, to see the natural order of things changed. Now to the main point, which was there's this furious storm because storms weren't out of the ordinary. 
this storm is unusual. Many of the people on the boat are very experienced with being on the water and going through storms. There is something about this storm that drove them to the point of thinking they would die. So that's what we're dealing with. And they go to Jesus. They wake him up. And verse 39 says, he rebuked the wind. That's the first thing. And then he said to the waves, quiet, be still. So here you have the authority of God that stops the storm, but then the Bible's saying that he brought about a calm. In the Greek, it's a mega calm. And I want you to see it. In verse 39, he says, quiet. And then he says, be still. And in the Greek, it's quiet, stay quiet. So it's the authority to confront something that's been going on in your life that's been rather loud and chaotic, confusing and defeating. It's the authority of God to stop it and say, no more, and you're not coming back. How about an addiction stopping today and it doesn't come back? I have to be honest with you and tell you that a sermon like this can get lost in the zone of theory because we, we all agree with this, but we don't often see it. We, we see things that just seem to never give way. We, we never get beyond. We get better, but we don't get beyond. And, and even in the situation that I've gone through with my voice physically, I could tell people I'm so much better. And God convicted me when I'd say, I'm, I'm about 80% now. I was about 50%. I'm 80%. And God said, don't ever round down. Round, like it's fine to give God praise that it's 80%, but we're going for 100. Because the authority of God doesn't just bring it to 80%. The authority of God is the power. Come on, church, to bring it to one. I'm not just going to be free as in not as addicted as I was. How about free and free indeed? Can you praise God that today people can be, yeah, set free? That This is how this gathering moves beyond inspiration and moves to true transformation. When our theology becomes our reality, a God who says, I have resurrection power, and I'm praying you to be empowered with that authority. When that happens, we're not just inspired, we're changed. And that transformation is the greatest witness of who Christ is to those who need to know him, to those who wonder if he's real and if he can do what he says he can do. Let it be testified about through your life. Notice that when they woke Jesus up off the cushion in the same clothes as he had on in the stern of the boat, none of those details even matter. He gets up and he goes and it's very clear that he didn't like say, all right, it's going to be me in the storm. Let's see who wins. That would mean that He's going to see if he can match up against the storm. Jesus has no match. He's above 
rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, now and in the age to come. All things are under his feet. So there's no conjuring. There's no, like, sparring. He just stands and he says, quiet, be still, stay quiet. And what makes these people on the boat so amazed is that immediately there was like a mega calm. There was the water turned to glass. They had been in storms, and they, they know that a storm can stop, but it still takes time for the water to return to the calm. But this was divine because immediately there was a great calm. As Jesus, no conjuring, just spoke, be still, quiet, and stay quiet. Water and wind in the Bible is often used to give the best description of, of how life can get chaotic, seemingly out of control, and like there's no hope. And so here we have the one who has the authority over the chaos to bring control, to bring order. As the worship team comes, I remind you that Jesus is the one who made that water. So now he can speak and cause that water to do whatever he wants it to do. So here's the good news. Jesus created you. And anything that's uncertain or out of order, God has the authority to speak to that in your life. Now, put it together. If I come under authority, the lordship of Jesus, then through that surrender, I can make a withdrawal on the kind of power that Paul says is resurrection power. Power to overrule. Power to truly change things. Would you stand with me today? Today, I didn't come with a sermon. I came with a word to end this time of prayer and fasting. And that word is authority. One word from God. You see him on that boat. One word. Quiet. And then it echoed. And stay quiet. And the storm stopped. And immediately there was a calm. God, I want that in this room. I want that for the division that's in a relationship. Let a spirit of reconciliation happen a diagnosis where there's no hope. I'm asking for you to overrule that. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to reverse some things. For those that have gotten caught in addictions, reverse it to freedom. Where there's been anxiety that it's brought people down to depression hopelessness. Reverse that to joy and peace. One word from you in this room will do the same that it did in Mark chapter 4. The same power that raised you from the dead is the promise over this gathering right now. Thank you God for not just gathering us to inspire us, but gathering us to change us. If we've settled for just improvement, but not a completeness in the miracle that we're seeking, help us to open our hearts back to prayer. 
because you came to make us whole. You came to make it 100%. You, you came to bring victory, not a, not a partial victory, but total victory. With your eyes closed, here's the first question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Because if you don't, then I want you to see that this promise of power is to those who believe. You can become a believer today. You can be saved right now. If online or in this room, say, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Would you just raise your hand? I will pray with you and for you. I'm just looking across. Just raise it high so I can see it. Say, I need Christ as my Savior. Life is broken and messed up and I'm worn out. I need Jesus. Secondly, you know that your sins are forgiven because you've asked Jesus to forgive you and you've put your faith in his grace but honestly he's not your first love honestly you're not under the lordship the leadership of Jesus it's really more of your agenda than his and you recognize that he saved you to be your lord your leader and you want to come under the lordship of Jesus if that's you would you raise your hand as quickly and in that surrender that's going to make all the difference in your life. Thank you, God, for this moment where people are making those choices. I praise you for it. Now, finally, church, what I'd like to do in breaking this 21 days of focused fasting and prayer and entering this next season is I'd like to invite everybody who's willing, everybody who's willing to come forward standing around the front of this platform and we're going to seek God for the experience of his authority so as they sing this chorus I want you to come